It's good to hear, hear the report from Promise and just the update of God's work of grace through her life as she seeks to be remain faithful to bringing forth the word of God in the Tangwat language. And uh, we just rejoice in just thinking, you know, seven years ago she went out. We had nothing to, we didn't know anything about Tangwa peoples or Inapong peoples. Uh, and to see God's work of grace that we can be partners in this ministry, that we can say there are brothers and sisters there uh, as a result of the gospel. And we rejoice and just thank the Lord for God's work of grace to sustain promise through this time, as well as for, you can remember the Chens and the Swensons, they are two other uh, families who have recently relocated there. I'm going to open in prayer and preparation for both the sermon, but also pray for promise as well. Our gracious God and Father, it's, it is good to be here to hear the reports of what you are doing through Promise's life and, and the work um, of the gospel in the Inapong peoples who had a burden and desire to make Christ known to their neighboring tribe, the Tangwa peoples. And so we rejoice because it is you who began that good work uh, in their in their lives, but in Promise's life. And we continue to rejoice in what you're going to be doing ahead. We ask that you would continue to safeguard Promise and enable her to not only focus in the translation work, in the discipleship of the ladies, in the literacy work, but Father, just uh, being a, an overall encouragement to the sisters there and, and brothers as well. And so we just thank you that we could um, be co-laborers by praying and interceding, by sen- supporting. We thank you for this privilege of coming alongside and seeing the gospel work. And Father, we thank you for your word now as we um, direct our attentions to looking at your word. Father, we ask that you would speak through me, speak very plain and clear to everyone in this audience, that we would not just be hearers, but doers. And so we just thank you for this now. In Christ's name, amen. Well, as I just uh, think about all that God has been doing, I I just want to remind ourselves of what Pastor Micah has been has bringing forth the past five weeks, he's brought forth to about starting this new year and reminding us of five core values here at Foothill Bible Church that we're devoted to the to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are determined to obey the Bible. We are dedicated to prayer, and we're daring to minister by faith and developing disciples to reach the nations. You know, these five core values are not only aspirational for all of us collectively, but for each of us individually. On behalf of the elders, we hope that each one in this room seeks to be devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ and not just trust in any other God of this world or your riches or your job or your intellect or your looks, or your strength. May it not be so. May it be that we could echo, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. 
But let him who boasts, boasts in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. We hope that each one of you in this room are determined to obey the Bible by reading it regularly, if not daily, by meditating upon his word. You know, you can't obey what you don't know. I think of Psalm 119, verse 92 says, If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. We hope that you are dedicated to prayer because you are dependent upon God alone to intercede for you when you worship or give thanks or confess or seek wisdom or cry out or sing praises. I think of Paul's exhortation to the church in Thessalonica to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We hope you are daring to minister by faith since without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to him must believe that he is, he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And we hope that you are developing disciples. That means you are intentional by teaching, by modeling, by influencing others to follow Christ as you are following Christ. That, ha- that happens in your home. That happens within the context of your workplace, your community, your, at school. These five core values are, are joint efforts to be practiced by all within the local church. However, the challenge to fulfill these goals does not come easily since the Christian life is one which the Scripture des- describes as running with endurance. You know, following Christ and fulfilling these core values is a marathon, is it not? It's not a sprint. It's a long obedience in the same direction. And the scriptures are filled with many commands on how to walk with God. For God how to walk with God, how to walk towards Him, towards being like Christ. And many of you here can attest that walking with God is not It's not easy. Life isn't easy. And God allows many circumstances and people to come along our pathway that often that often tests our faith, right? Tests our faith to trust God alone. It it tests our sincerity in our devotion to God. And it causes us to examine our lives. The Apostle Paul says it well. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? That's found in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Like I said earlier, just believers in Papua New Guinea face the same issues. You know, it's not just here at Foothill Bible Church. Around the world, You see, the Bible is good news, but it's also troubling news because it reveals that our fight against sin and Satan is real. 
And it doesn't go away just because you say you believe in Jesus. Well, the believers in the first century also found that learning to walk carefully in this world is not easy. And throughout the epistles, the Apostle Paul exhorts the believers to walk in the footsteps of faith, to walk properly, to walk by faith, not by sight, to walk by the Spirit, to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And these are just a few examples. To walk has the idea of intentionality and purpose. You are heading somewhere, either towards God and his purposes, or your own purposes, or under another outside influence. And this morning, I'm focusing on two verses. And it's found in Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. It says, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Sounds simple enough. Walk as wise, not as unwise. But you know, I want to give you context of what those two verses. And so it would be helpful to kind of read a little bit more of Ephesians 5 there. So if you have a copy of God's Word in front of you, or you, there should be one there in the pew, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. That's found in page 1162. And follow as I read. I'm going to read just from verse 1 to 21. And it gives you just a, a, a little bit more of the big picture here. Paul writes there to the believers in Ephesus, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of, God, of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, 
But understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, early in my life, of following Christ, a godly saint impressed upon me with these words. Art, it's not how you start the Christian life that matters. It's how you finish. And I often refer back to these wise words because I have seen many who appear to start well in the Christian life, but seem to fall away or get blown apart after a period of time due to sin and temptations. Too often the person spiritually walked into a a dangerous minefield and failed to heed the warnings from the scripture. I know promise can testify to that. There are many who have started but are no longer walking with the Lord. You know, in times of war, the enemy often deliberately plants mines to kill or wound or maim a person to render them useless in combat. Spiritually speaking, The Christian is faced with innumerable minds along one's path. And they're set up by Satan or enemies of the gospel with the purpose of disabling or rendering the follower of Christ ineffective for service to the Lord. This morning I've entitled this message, Learning to Walk Carefully in This World Filled with Landmines. And I want to impress upon you that the follower of Christ must learn how to walk Learn how to walk carefully in this world of dangerous minefields in order, in order to understand the will of God for them. You know, the Apostle Paul entreats the believers in Ephesus of three important aspects to learning how to walk wisely in this world. First of all, the context of this passage sets up the reason of why do we walk carefully And it's important to understand context of this exhortation. You see it in verse 15. It says, look carefully then how you walk. You know, in the New American Standard Version, it says, therefore. And that word, therefore, is really a connecting word. Um, And it's pointing to the previous thoughts that Paul had. And it's found there in verse 14. Paul quotes Isaiah 60, verse 1. And he says, awake, awake, O sleeper. Uh, And arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. In other words, wake up and realize that you have been rescued from the dead. As parents, we sometimes have to say, hey child, quit daydreaming. Any of you can relate to that? Or maybe it's, hey adult, quit daydreaming. Uh, But snap out of it. Wake up. You're drifting away and forgetting what you're supposed to be doing. And so throughout the letter that Paul writes here to the believers there in Ephesus, Paul reminds the believers of their former condition. Earlier in verse 8, he says, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. In verse 2 there, Paul states earlier, To walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God. There in chapter 4, verse 1, 
Paul writes, walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you've been called. In other words, you truly understanding where you came from, your life prior to knowing Christ, serves as a good reminder of what you have been rescued from. You've been rescued from the lostness. You've been rescued from judgment. You've been rescued from hopelessness, from hell. How do I know that? Because Paul writes there in Ephesians 2, you know this passage, that you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. So again, the context of this passage sets up the reason of why you walk carefully. God has done a great work for you and in you. But secondly, Paul then states, look carefully then how you walk or be careful how you walk. He's saying, you know, really the consideration of your walk will help you know how to walk. And what do I mean by saying consideration? It means to look carefully. It means to examine continuously or precisely your decisions in light of God's revealed will through His Word. You need to really take the time to assess what you're doing. We need to take a personal inventory in light of God's Word to see whether our thoughts, whether our speech, whether our actions, whether our activities reflect that we're looking carefully. Paul goes on by stating, not as unwise means foolishly, Not as unwise men, but as wise. So where does this wisdom come from? Paul tells us earlier there in Ephesians 1, verse 8 and 9, that God lavished all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ. You see, in other words, your careful walk requires proactive diligence of knowing God's Word. As you walk by faith. Psalm 1 verse 1 and 2 really sets it well, says it well. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. So again, Paul states... First of all, the reason why you should walk carefully is because of what God has done for you. Second, it requires continuous and careful thought of your walk by knowing His will through the Word. But third, the course of your walk will determine whether you do walk in wisdom. You see there in verse 16, it says, Making the most of your time because the days are evil. In other words, making the most of your time is the challenge of your priorities, of your time management, of your moral decisions. We live in a world of tremendous privileges and opportunities. However, we all struggle with this. We constantly face many temptations. And Paul's exhortation earlier to walk in love, to walk as children of light, points to the importance of that we need to abide in Jesus. We need to Walk along closely with Him. I think of Jesus' words in John eight twelve. 
I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So, so you may be asking, okay, Art, that's, get to the practical. Drive this. How do you practically live out being careful how you walk? Let me provide just three practical advice. First of all, remember. We've got three R words. Remember. Remember whose you are. Being careful how you walk in wisdom in Christ always starts by remembering whose you are. By recalling and rehearsing God's mercy upon you, you reinforce the truth of Paul's words. See, we are... Paul writes earlier in Ephesians 2.10, he says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You are, if you are a follower of Christ, you are his child. You are a child of the King. So remember whose you are. Second, redeem Redeem means to, or regain your time because time is God's gift to us as stewards. God has given all of us equal measure of time, 24 hours. So the challenge is being intentional with our time. You know, a few, few weeks ago, I was teaching the parenting class during their training hour and asking the many families whether they were raising their children to be industrious or to be entertained. We live in a time and place where amusement, that means amusement means to not think, okay? Is it's the predominant temptation. I appreciate Pastor our, uh, Pastor David, our former teaching pastor. He used to uh, he coined the acronym DOOM, D O O M, delayed onset of manhood. This phenomenon where young men are not industrious, but choose many forms of entertainment and amusement. And this has caused many men, many men even in this room, to be ineffective in serving the Lord because they've squandered their time. Not just men, men and women, okay? We've squandered our time. You know, our lives are so short compared to eternity. We must make it count for Christ's sake, for the sake of the lost, to make Christ known. We need to take the time to ask, how am I redeeming the time? How am I regaining this time in light of eternity, in light of Christ's return? Am I helping others? A passage many are familiar with, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. We are called to stir one another to love and good works. Not forsaking the assembly as is the habit of some. But what? Encouraging one another. And all the more. Why? Because the day is drawing near. Christ is coming. And will you be found squandering your time? Or are you, re- or are you redeeming, regaining that time? How am I making the most use of the time at home, before my family? How am I modeling that effort? In the parenting class, I often use this expression, more is caught than taught. And it's, 
It's one that is so true that what we value and whom we worship by our time and energy, your children catch that. And it'd be a good question to ask your children, what do you believe that dad and mom holds as a high value? They want to ask that and see, what do they, what do you think? And if you allow them to be candid and open and honest without you reacting and getting angry, uh, it'd be an interesting assessment. How does redeeming your time reflect in your, not only in your actions, but in your thoughts? Do you take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? Paul tells us there in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 6, that for though we walk in the flesh, we are, waging, we are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That is what it ought to be for all of us. Remembering whose you are, redeeming one's time as a good steward, and third, recognize. Recognize the times that you are living in this world. Paul says there in verse 16 that the days are evil. That word evil means wicked or morally corrupt. And we need to recognize that the evil poses a clear and present danger to our soul. For the believers in Ephesus, at the time of Paul's writing, they were living in a place similar to our present-day Los Angeles. Sexual immorality was very present to the point that it was known throughout that part of the world for the number of temple prostitutes who roamed in the city. We read earlier in verse 3 to 5 that those who practice these evils have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And Paul says that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. So the question for you is, do we really believe, do we really believe that the days are evil? Or are you indifferent to this reality? Paul's purpose of writing these verses is to show that the believer who has renounced these wicked ways should live a life consistent with his new standing in Christ. Walk as, not as unwise men, but as wise, because the days are evil. I think of John's words. Um, John writes there in 1 John, just a, really a, a test of whether you are a true follower or not. 1 John 2, verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. You see, the failure to recognize the times we are, are living often leads to many who are no longer walking with the Lord. They have simply quit, or they're cast out, or they're cut off because the landmines that have exploded and left a collateral damage of broken lives and families. Please listen to me. Please note that the casualties of war does not 
only affect one person or it's, it's in isolation. The collateral damage are broken marriages, broken relationships, broken families, broken churches, broken communities, broken societies. Congregation, please remember Jesus' words that wide is the gate that leads to destruction. That is the plight of the unbeliever. They are walking, they are the walking dead, headed to hell. But for the follower of Christ, it doesn't mean we are immune. We are not immune to the temptation to walk as unwise. We are constantly under barrage from the enemy, from the enemy fire of of false teaching, empty philosophies, worldly amusements, and immorality that should not even be named among you as is proper among saints. I, I, I appeal to you that those who have stepped upon these many spiritual landmines and feel disabled or discouraged by your inability to walk with the Lord, I'm speaking to you. Please take heart, friend. The Apostle Paul continues to write there in verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, go back and read the scriptures. And don't give up. Don't give up by getting drunk with wine. For that is debauchery. Debauchery means really wasteful or reckless. In other words, don't drink your sorrows away or go on sinning more. But Paul commands, be filled, be complete with the Spirit. How do you do that? Glad you asked. Verse 19 continues on and says, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with, to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Where do you do that? You do that here. You do that here at Foothill Bible Church. You see, if you find yourselves in the predicament of being crippled due to the weight of sin and guilt, you have come to the right place. We are not here at Foothill Bible Church to boast about our righteousness. But we are here to testify of God's righteousness being given to us by Christ as he gave himself for our sins to deliver us to deliver us from the present evil age his life in exchange for ours as we confess that our sin that our lives are are broken due to, to the due to the landmines we've stepped on because of our rebellion because of our sin, I'm reminded. I'm reminded of God's mercy and kindness. I think of Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Psalm 34, 17 says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. 
The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of, out of them all. I think of Jesus' words when he reminds that those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So, if you are here, you're here because you're a sinner who needs a Savior. And that's why we come here every Sunday morning, is to worship and elevate the name of Christ, who saved us from our sin, from the landmines we have stepped on, because we have walked unwise. Some of you may not know who the Savior is. Or you don't know about this God that I'm talking about. Or about the Bible that I've just been reading. You may not know who this Jesus, who gave his life to pay for the penalty of our sins, in order that you might receive the forgiveness of sins. You know, if you don't know this one named Jesus, I invite you to come and talk with me. And I'd like to open the scriptures to you and point to you to this wonderful God who has forgiven us, who knows our frame, who knows that we have, we have led a life of doing our own things, our own way. And we have stepped on landmines. And we have, we have lived a life contrary to God's purpose and His will. Uh. In Acts chapter 11, Luke records that the early followers of Christ were called Christians. Little Christ, because of their walk. They walked differently than the rest of society. May the Lord enable us corporately and individually to be careful how we walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. As wise in order that we may reflect the same words that were later recorded in Acts chapter 9. Verse 31, it says, so, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and I trust as well as in Upland and the surrounding communities, they had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the church multiplied. I trust that, that that's what's going to happen and that is what is happening here and in the years to come. May God help us to remember whose you are, to redeem your time, and to recognize that times are evil as you walk with the Lord. God, help us. Join me as I pray. Gracious God, we we beg of you to keep us from falling. We ask that you would hold us fast. Cause us to be imitators of God as beloved children. To walk in love as Christ loved us. Help us to walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Making the best use of the time. We are mindful that the days are evil. And each day we are one day closer to your appearing. So cause us to remain faithful. To be devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ to be determined to obey the Bible, to be dedicated to prayer, to be daring to minister by faith, 
so that we would be developing disciples to reach the nations. Father, we confess we can't do this on our own. We need Christ, and we thank you that we can come here gathered as your people who have been forgiven, who have been redeemed, who have been set apart to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you in the coming days that you would really redeem the time, that you would really indeed walk not as unwise, but as wise.